Hey, Wanders, we're back. Welcome back to another Foolish Wanderers podcast, the podcast about anything and everything. We're back from our unplanned hiatus. Today, we're going to be talking about the mysterious case of Colonel William Shy. <laughs> Cringe. Cringe. <laughs> so have you heard anything about this, Kendra, before I told you about that I wanted to do this podcast? Nope. The only, the only colonel I'm familiar with is Colonel Sanders. That's what I From thought. KFC. Yep. <laughs> as soon as you started t- saying that, I was like, oh yeah. He's Colonel Sanders. Colonel Sanders. No. Was he, he wasn't actually a colonel, was he? I was just I for don't know. marketing. Okay. Wait, are you saying that he did like stolen valor to sell chicken? <laughs> I don't He's know. Sto- I don't know if he, Colonel Sanders was an actual colonel, but now I'm going to Google. Yeah, we have to, we have to Google. Pause for Google. Yes, he was technically a colonel. According to history, Sanders served in the military, but was later named an honorary colonel, so it sort of counts. Oh, okay. Sort it, of it counts. Kind of. Sort of counts. Yeah. Okay. It, I mean, I, I'm using it as, like, um, I'm, equi- I'm equival- is it equivocating it? I don't know. Whatever. I mean, is that a made-up word? I don't know. I don't it's know. Like a, it's equivalent to... Yeah, it's like better. Right? It's, equi- okay. it's equivalent <laughs> to when, like, these actors get these honorary degrees... Oh, it's, yeah. It's a, so that's what I'm... It's like the same thing. So, yes, he was a colonel, sort of. It still counts. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, to start out, I'm going to try to paint a picture for you. So so imagine yourself in late December 1977. Okay. You, you are a forensic anthropologist. That is your wow. profession. Yeah. Wait, is it... Just before we get started, anthropologist yes. is the study of humans, right? I believe so. It's not the study of ants or bugs. <laughs> Uh, yeah, anthropology. I think if you're, are you familiar with the show Bones at all? I've seen like a few episodes, like just being in the room while it's playing. Okay, because it used is to be one of my favorite shows. Is? Yeah, so um, Bones in the show, she's a forensic anthropologist. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, let's see, let me look up the actual definition of it. Man, forensic anthropology. All right, so imagine I'm in 1977 with my beautiful mm-hmm. Farrah Fawcett hair, <laughs> and Star Wars is in theaters, and oh, yes. so is, like, I don't know, like Saturday Night Fever or something. Okay, right. yes. Uh, so, yeah, so forens- forensic anthropology is the examination of human skeletal remains for law enforcement agencies. It's basically Ooh. like a, a crime unit that studies specifically human remains. Okay. So you're called in to consult on a disturbed grave, right? So somebody had dug up this grave. Okay. The grave was that of Confederate officer Lieutenant Colonel William Shy. Mm-hmm. Shy guys. Shy guys. 
from Mario Kart. <laughs> from Mario. Are those are the things that have like the little colorful hoods, right? With the black eyes? Yes, I believe so, yeah. 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 Yep. So as you arrive on scene, you notice many strange aspects of the case. One being that the grave was dug down three or four feet. Most shockingly, however, was that there was a headless body in a sitting position on top of the old-fashioned cast-iron coffin. And this body was dressed in what appeared to be a tuxedo jacket. This is exactly the scenario that Dr. Bill Bass walked into. It sounds like Beetlejuice. <laughs> Does it? Yeah. I don't know if I've seen that movie all the way through. It freaked me really? out as a kid. I couldn't watch it. It freaked me out. I love that movie. <laughs> a lot of people do. There is, um, speaking of Beetlejuice, this is very off topic, but um, there's been like people pointing out the new Stranger Things, pointing out like little things from different movies. Oh, what's the mom? I just based on the mom's name, real name. Winona Ryder? Yeah, Winona Ryder. They've had like, um things from like edward scissors hand scissor hands like a mirror in their house mm-hmm. it's like exact copy from the mirror that was in the edward scissor hands movie and there's like a little miniature graveyard scene from beetlejuice <gasps> in there so it's like really? that's pretty cool yeah there's like little hints of like movies she'd been in. i like that i've been yeah. seeing online since winona ryder was like started her acting career in the eight like the late 80s mm-hmm. but i've been seeing like posts where they're like so in stranger things if um her character joyce byers if joyce byers watches a movie with winona ryder in it does she see <laughs> does she recognize herself or does she oh, that's see weird. winona ryder that is weird mm-hmm. that'd be I'd be interesting to see if they could incorporate that though. I, they- I I guess what you but you kind of are they kind of do already incorporate her stuff like you said how they have the mirror from Edward Scissorhands and like some yeah. other little just tidbits but yeah like having like a full on <laughs> like fourth wall um <laughs> addressing yeah. would be funny. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. Is this the last season though? Is season four officially the end? I think season five is the last season. Five. So okay. four they have split it into two volumes. So mm-hmm. they just had the first volume and then the beginning of July will be when they release the second half of season four. Okay. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard people say it's the most gruesome out of all the seasons. Oh it is Kathy oh, and no. I we're like on a five minute ten minute rant about how this last this latest season is just like we have to watch it in the daytime and it's just we don't yeah it's like I'm not a fan of like bones popping and moving in ways they're not supposed to go. Don't oh, like no. that. Yeah, it is scary. They like turned they like turned the knob up to eleven on like gruesome and like scary this season. Was that like a, a intentional joke or was that an accidental joke? Turn it up to eleven. Oh, like spinal but tap. <laughs> no, <laughs> I mean like eleven. The character. Oh no! It oh, okay. was like it's, no. It's in like Spinal Tap because in in that movie. Movie, they have like a it's too long to explain google okay. it <laughs> i've never seen that one either so. okay Alrighty, getting back to colonel shy oh yeah i forgot we were doing <laughs> i'm supposed to be a forensic anthropologist welcome to the podcast kendra thank you <laughs> Good to be here. Yay. On my bedroom floor, using a hamper as my desk. <laughs> you gotta improvise. Yep, sitting on my blanket nest. <laughs> Alright, so the estate on which the Shy's family gravesite, so this gravesite, uh, there's eight family members from the Shy family that were buried between the 18 and 1900s. 
This estate was recently sold to Ben and Mary Griffith, and it has been called the Two Rivers. It's in Franklin, Tennessee. Okay. So they recently bought, bought this estate, and they're doing some renovations on it. And then while Mrs. Griffith was showing off the mansion and the grounds to a friend on Christmas Eve in 1977, she noticed that one of the plots had been disturbed. The disturbed grave's headstone bore the following inscription, Lieutenant Colonel William Shy, all abbreviated, so it's like LT, period, COL, period period, W-M, period, and shy, S-H-Y. What a lazy <laughs> gravestone carver. Can't but even this... put his whole name on there. Yeah, but it's also like the 1800s, so I don't know. But yeah, it's, it's probably done pretty rushed, too. Um, but then it says 20th Tennessee Infantry, CSA, born May 24th, 1838, killed at the Battle of Nashville on December 16th, 1864. So he was only he was only 26 years old when he died. Oh, man. Yeah. The Griffiths immediately called the sheriff's apartment uh, once they noticed that the grave was disturbed. Since the sheriff didn't consider this an emergency because he believed that the would-be grave robbers dug up the plot to steal Civil War memorabilia, Mm -hmm. he waited until after Christmas to investigate. Well, yeah, no one wants to spend Christmas Eve, like, in a grave. Yeah, that's true. But also, if there was something more sinister going on, that's also kind of upsetting that they didn't come at least check out the grounds, you know? Like, I understand say like not calling out your whole team out there mm-hmm. but like maybe check up on it i don't know so wait so this is like people are like buried at this, mm-hmm. these people's house yeah so the estate used to belong to the shies okay and then um the griffiths purchased it like the i think the 1970s all right so yeah and they're just like doing renovations but the still this plot's still there so everyone's still buried there and then <sighs> isn't that a weird or interesting like fact like i don't know how i'd feel about Mm-mm. several family members of I, different family my different family <laughs> No, like, I can't even, like, picture myself living across the street from a graveyard. Like, a cemetery. I couldn't deal with that. I don't think I would be able to deal with the fact that there's, like, a bunch of dead people from, like, a (laughs) hundred years ago from the Confederate Army buried in my backyard. (laughs) (laughs) Well, especially that, like, the Civil War. Like, ghosts from that era. Like, if you look into... We did, like, an episode on the Civil War ghosts and stuff. Oh, very creepy. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of activity from, you know, from grave sites and battlefields from that era just because it's so traumatic. I don't know about, like, a, like a, a grave site from just, like, people that passed away from natural causes, I guess. I don't know how haunted. Like, I still if, wouldn't like it. It's still no. creepy, but... <laughs> yeah, it is creepy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when the sheriff arrived on December 29th to inspect the graves, the gravesite, he discovered a headless decomposing body dressed in a formal black jacket, a pleated white shirt, and white gloves. It's a little bit different than like a modern day person like would be dressed for like any, even like Christmas, be a little bit different. He's like dressed in prom attire. Yeah. <laughs> He's like going fancy, to prom. Even, he has even gloves. He's super fancy. Isn't that weird <laughs> that people used to wear gloves? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's like the fancy factor. I don't know. And then you get to slap people with them. <laughs> <laughs> These are my slapping gloves. <laughs> These are my slapping pants. <laughs> pulls out other pair from pocket just mm-hmm. to slap somebody. Mm-hmm. Yes. So the investigators at the site agreed that the, this was the body of a recent homicide victim in an advanced state of decay. Which was also, you know, for like forensic evidence. I guess it is Tennessee, but like if you wanted to really figure out 
who this was, like, waiting days to go investigate, that would allow the body to decompose and possibly get rid of a lot of evidence. In for, like, who a few days? This. Over a few days? Well, things can disappear pretty quickly. So, like, if um, it is, like, December, I guess I don't know exactly what temperature it gets down to in Tennessee, but, like, bugs and animals, like, they can they can tear apart a body. Because mm. even, like, you know, like, if there's, um, like, wolves, or I, I don't know if wolves, I don't think wolves live in Tennessee, but, um, like, any predator could, or, like, little insect that helps decompose things could come in and, like, destroy valuable evidence. So that's even a little bit negligent, I guess. But in this case, it doesn't really affect it. So we'll kind of get into that. Mm-hmm. So they said that the victim was a recent homicide, and then their theory was that a murderer or murderers had attempted to hide the victim's body in plain sight by burying it in a used plot. <laughs> so, and then, but they got scared off by Mrs. Griffith, Griffith and her guest in the middle of depositing the corpse. So, like, while they're digging everything up, they got scared because people were nearby. Okay. So they just dropped the body and left. Which, yeah. you know, makes sense. You can, I can see it. So since the sheriff's department needed help identifying the body and estimating the time of death, they asked forensic, forensic anthropologist Dr. William M. Bass, or Kendra in persona, mm-hmm. um, of the University of Tennessee at Knoxville to help with recovery and analysis of the remains. It's pretty clever to hide a dead body in, like, a, um, a plot, like a cemetery plot. Yeah, I mean, as long as nobody, like, goes there very often. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, if it's, like, a well-visited cemetery, just seeing, like, an older gravesite dug up, that's pretty obvious. Wouldn't but... you use, like, a newer one? Like, a fresh one? Yeah, yeah. A two for that would one. That make more sense. It's a two for... <laughs> but, this is, a two... but this is, like, a hundred-year-old grave. See, that more. was dumb. Yeah. <laughs> that was their plan that was... Not very smart. That's the slip up. Okay. Yep. So during Dr. Bass's initial examination of the body, he found it to be in an advanced state of decay, but some of the remaining flesh was still pink and many of the joints were still intact. Ew, ew, ew. Sorry. (laughs) Very graphic. So why was this strange? Well, at first it was thought that maybe this poor soul was a modern victim from a grave robbery. However, the level of decay made it highly unlikely. Could it have been the body of William Shy? Possibly. However, the colonel died in 1864, and this is 1977, so over 100 years. So who was this unfortunate soul? And then I put a cue, poor unfortunate souls from Little Mermaid, because when I was writing this, (laughs) (laughs) that immediately popped in my head. (laughs) Good song. Yeah, it's a good song. So before we get into who this poor individual was, we are going to take a look at who Colonel William Shy actually was. Okay. So William Shy was born on May 24th, 1838, in Bourbon County, Kentucky. Just a few short years later, in 1861, the U.S. Civil War began. Sadly, at this time, many families were split on which side they were going to fight on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so William's family was no different. His father supported the North, or the Union. Wow. Well, yep. Woo! Woo! <laughs> woo! Woo! Good for him. Very good. Wave uh, them his... flags! <laughs> and in case, I don't know, do other countries teach U.S. Civil War history? I, I think so. Why wouldn't they? they? Okay. I, I don't know. But yeah, so the Union was, um, like, against slavery, and at least in Kendra, in my opinion, and most of the U.S.'s opinion, was a good side. And the South was the Confederate side, which supported slavery and was kind of, was the bad guys in the situation. Mm-hmm. Yep, so that is the side his mother and brother 
supported. So they were Confederates. So around this time, William's brother James organized the Perry Guards, which later became part of the 20th Tennessee Infantry. William joined him as a private in the Confederate Army. William rose to the ranks until he was promoted to lieutenant colonel in late 1863, so about two years later, and later colonel just before the Battle of Nashville. So the 20th Tennessee, part of the Army of Tennessee, was under the command of General John Bell Hood, in the later years of the war. In 1864, Hood and the Army of Tennessee embarked on the mission to regain control of the middle of Tennessee, and the series of battles pertaining to this goal became known as Hood's Tennessee Campaign. The Army of Tennessee had fought its way to Nashville by December 1864, and the campaign success or failure relied on General Hood's ability to maintain control of hills south of the city of Nashville. But the start of the Battle of Nashville, the Army of Tennessee was already battered and broken from the Battle of Franklin just weeks before. The army stretched itself thin between Compton's and Preach Orchard Hills. The Confederates managed to hold Compton's Hill on December 15, 18. 1864, the first day of fighting in the Battle of Nashville. By the second day, Compton's Hill was surrounded on three sides by attacking federal troops. Shy, then commander of the 20th Tennessee Infantry Regiment, refused to surrender to them, maintaining his control of Compton's Hill through the rain and barrage of federal bullets until the federal attack intensified. After a few minutes of intense fighting, the Federals overwhelmed Shai's force. Only 65 men escaped, and Shai himself had fallen. He was only 26, and he died from a close-range shot to the head. Oof! Closed casket. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So with the fall of Shai's position, the Army of Tennessee was completely routed from the field on the evening of December 16th, beginning a 250-mile-long retreat to Tupelo, Mississippi. That's where Elvis is from. <laughs> yeah. Did you see there's a new Elvis movie coming out? Yeah, I'm going to see it, but I have my <laughs> hopes not. low. Okay, fair mm -hmm. enough. Okay. The disastrous Tennessee campaign would ultimately cost General Hood his command. He was then replaced in January 1865. So in honor of Shy's courage and heroics on Compton's Hill, the hill was renamed to Shy's Hill. And that's what's still today, so you can go take a look at it if you'd like. Yeah. I'll pass. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'd rather go to KFC. Oh, same. Delicious. Support the real colonel. <laughs> the real colonel mm -hmm. with iffy credentials. Mm -hmm. Honestly, though, like <laughs> that, like Colonel Shy kind of got out. Like his, like the cause of his, like the cause of death was kind of mm -hmm. lucky, I guess. Be in that time, in that yeah. time because. Remember, this is before modern medicine, so if you, like, amputations were, like, in the field were, like, so common. Yeah. So, and then most of the, most of the time you would die of um, infection from, mm -hmm. you know, in yep. the limb. So, yep. like, I would rather die with a, you know, bullet to the head rather than slowly die over, like, a month. Yeah, like, quickly, relatively quickly die mm -hmm. rather than agonizing weeks. Of, yeah. Yeah, thinking about that always gives me nightmares. Just, oh, yeah, me yeah. too. <laughs> okay. So, let's see. If you want to hear more about that, go check out our Civil War Ghost episodes. And that is episode 41, Civil War Ghosts. Oh, you looked it up already. Oh, I did. Nice. It was from, <laughs> and it's from our Spooky October podcasts. So yeah. for the whole month of October, for new listeners, we do like spooky ghost sort of, um, or cryptids themed episodes. Yeah, it was like spooky stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fun. All right, so now back to 1977. So now that we know a little bit about what happened to Colonel Shy, 
We shall head back to 1977. So who was the mysterious headless man found in Shai's grave? So after cleaning and examining the bones, Dr. Bass concluded that the extra body in the grave was a male, or like the body that they found is not really extra, but it's the one that was placed there. Mm-hmm. So the body that they found in the grave was male, in his mid to late 20s, who stood between 5 foot 9 and 6 feet tall. There was no obvious indication of what killed the man. Probably the loss of his head. (laughs) (laughs) Not until... (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll get there. It's not far off, actually. Uh, But Dr. Bass estimated that the man had died between 2 and 6 months ago. So keep that in mind. Keep the time frame in mind. Two to six months. So as for to why he was in Shia's grave, the team thought that the grave robbers had opened the grave to remove any valuable grave goods from the Civil War, and then got caught by Griffith and fled. Eventually, some strange facts started to surface. So in the new year, in 1978, when the local sheriff's deputy and the coroner went back back to excavate the grave further, they found the skull inside the coffin. Wait, the... The missing body, like the headless body. The missing head. Okay. Yes, yep, the missing head that they were looking in for. in the coffin. Yeah, so they didn't do a good job looking at it. <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> like, really didn't. It's, it's, it's just kind of sitting there, but yeah. <laughs> My thought is that they just didn't take the case seriously because it was such like an old grave site. I don't, I, I don't know. Yeah. It's just my... Yeah, like, the whole thing, like, they didn't seem to really put that much effort into mm-hmm. it, but, yeah, at least from outsider's perspe- yeah. perspective. So it appeared that the grave robbers had been interrupted by- in attempting to stuff the victim into the coffin, thus dislodging the head. Oh! But now with- <laughs> yeah, this is a gross thought. However, now with the head, the cause of death was no longer a mystery. Large gunshot, entry, and exit wounds had shattered the skull into 17 pieces. Wow! So, does that sound familiar to you yet? I mean, like, how probably shot. I died, but, right? Yep. So as they examined the skull further, they noticed that the dead man had clearly never been to a dentist, and he had significant untreated cavities. When the state crime lab had examined the clothes, they found out that they were simply made from only natural fibers and had no labels. The pants he was still wearing laced up the sides and was not a usual style for 1977. A technician called Dr. Bass, expressing some concern about the items, but the doctor was already one step ahead. He wasn't quite sure how this could happen, but he was beginning to suspect that the body in the grave hadn't been added by the grave robbers, but instead was, in fact, the body of Colonel Shy. Well, where was his body? Because shouldn't there be two bodies? (laughs) It is him. Yeah, so so it's the body of Colonel Shy, and that he lost his head after being pulled from the coffin by the grave robbers. So it's well known that Colonel Shy was 26 at the time of his death and was killed when he got shot at point-blank range with a .58 caliber ball. If the remains were in fact those of Colonel Shy, that would explain the lack of modern dental work as well as the clothing artifacts. But how could a body that appeared to be less than a year dead be that of a man that had died nearly 113 years ago? And his clothes. What do you mean by like his clothes? Like, how has the clothes not, de- like, Oh, decomposed, yeah. yeah. We'll kind of get into that. So, although it was rare at the time, Colonel Shai's body had been embalmed. His <gasps> embalming had just become, like, a, a thing then. He's a mummy. So, <laughs> kind of, yeah. So since he was a man of wealth and social status, it was not totally uncommon for the time. He had been buried in his best suit and gloves. Slapping gloves. Slapping <laughs> gloves. So also, the coffin was made of cast iron and was so sturdy that it not only kept all moisture from the body, but also kept out all insects and oxygen that would have rapidly progressed the decomposition process. Yeah, that is very odd. I've never heard of a cast iron, um, I wanted to say skillet, but I didn't. Um, <laughs> Another coffin. <laughs> coffin before, cast iron coffin. Because usually it's just like a pine box. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Usually, yeah. Yep. This is like, I think we'll kind of get more into that um, in a little bit. I have a little bit of like embalming practices. Ooh. So yeah, so the body actually was William Shy. They did tests and um, they found out, like, they didn't really have DNA to test it to. Mm-hmm. But Oh yeah. yeah the best guess, <laughs> but their best guess was that it was him and they just, the robbers kind of got caught. They just left his body there and they probably were a little bit freaked out because... He looked so was, alive, sort of, but not really... Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So now we're going to get into the embalming practices from around the American Civil War era. So the process of embalming bodies by injecting chemicals into main arter- arteries came into practice in the 1840s. It was relatively new and expensive when the Civil War broke out. Dr. Thomas Holmes, known as the father of modern embalming, what a great pro- thing to be known for! <laughs> the, the father of modern embalming. <laughs> I mean, I guess there's worse things, right? Yeah, there is. There definitely is. But. <laughs> uh, so he, he brought the practice, the process to public notice when Abraham Lincoln con- contacted him to embalm Colonel Elmer Ellsworth after his death in May 1861. So during the war, surgeons followed the armies and advertised their services to soldiers and communities back home. They would set up in tents, barns, and other structures near ba- near battlefields or hospitals, and then often received business from family and friends arriving to locate remains for transport home. Which is really sad if you think about it, because you're like, you're sitting, like, I don't know, I guess you plan funerals before people die nowadays, too, yeah. but, like, that was such, like, a, I don't know, it's just, it seems... It seems opportunistic, sort of, that they're like, hey! Yeah, yeah it does. At least in the situation, yep, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yep. So, if the body was recovered from the field quickly, then the surgeon could perform arteral embalming and send the body send the body home in a good state of preservation. If the body was already in a state of decomp, the surgeon would remove the internal organs Ew. and disinfect the body to get rid of any odors. Because okay. fun fun fact, the railroads that would send the bring the bodies back home would not accept bodies for transport if there was odor coming from the coffin. I mean, smart decision. <laughs> I, yeah, like I mean, I guess it makes sense, good. but it's just like yeah. an interesting fun good fact. business practice. <laughs> yep. So the bodies were transported in coffins or caskets supplied by local undertakers that were lined with sheets of metal and three or four inches of charcoal, straw, or sawdust at the bottom. So that was pretty common for this time. But also, like you said, like the pine caskets, because those are pretty Mm -hmm. cheap to make. When the body was placed in the casket, it was covered with more charcoal, straw, or sawdust, and then soaked with preservative chemicals before the coffin was sealed for transport. Bodies could also be transported in cast iron burial cases, as in cases of Ellsworth and Shy. The best known of these cases were the Fisk burial cases, patented in 1848 and produced starting in the 1850s. These cases were in a mummy-like shape and with an upper and lower shell that fit together with a groove that was filled with a sealing compound to make the case airtight. Family would be able to view the deceased through a thick plate of glass over the face. Ew! It is weird, That's yeah. That's super weird. Okay, so when you yeah. say so when you say mummy-like shape, are you talking to like, um, like like the Russian nesting doll sort of thing, like a mummy. How there's like different I th- layers. Um, I think it's more like if you think like a sarcophagus. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like um, top half and bot like a um, like a nesting yeah, doll just think of- sort of sort sort of. Um. Well, it's not like. Well, I guess like the opening, like the. Uh, it's like it's how you like open like a normal casket, okay. but um, it doesn't like have a hinge. It's just like 
set on top and you seal it with like a compound. Okay, got it. Yeah. But <laughs> why would you want to have like a glass window so you could look at? It's just weird. Um, I think well, especially like back then, people were well, we're still fascinated with it now. But like death was a super fascinating thing. So I think it's like it was also like another option for um instead of having like a viewing for the body because if it was transported a long ways and it's like maybe smelled and like decomposition like maybe it was like a safer and like cleaner way to look at the body mm. or i think or maybe like, it'd be like hey dad look at it. i got an a in my math test look at it <laughs> oh, no. and wait like that it just lives <laughs> it just sits in your living room for the rest of your yeah. life that's horrifying yeah. <laughs> like hey dancing with the stars is on everyone gather around Hey, prop up grandma so she can see. Like that? <laughs> so bad. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, so I just googled it to double check. But yeah, the, the glass on the coffins were for viewing the deceased. Okay, so this is also, it says, The window also would alert onlookers that the occupant had been accidentally burned alive if breath condensation, or buried alive, not burned alive. Oh, I was like, alive. what? <laughs> I, I read that very wrong. <laughs> Yeah, so, like, also at this time, a fear of being buried alive was huge. Yeah, so is this, this is a sort of time also where they would have, like, the bells. So if yes, you were buried, yep. they would attach, like, a string. So if you were buried alive, mm-hmm. you could ring this bell, and then the bell would ring up above in the cemetery. So people would be like, hey, we accidentally yep. buried him alive. <laughs> and that's how you got the, this is actually how they got the term dead ringer. Oh, really? That's where that comes from, yeah. That makes <laughs> yep. sense. Yeah. But yeah, that there's like another way to make sure like they weren't still alive in the casket, which is terrifying to think of. I know, too. that's why I just want to be cremated and put into a Folgers can. <laughs> okay. Is it Folgers? Not even like a fancy brand, just Folgers. Is there a fancier brand? I really don't know. <laughs> than Folgers? Uh, let me look up some. I mean, the Folgers is pretty fancy because, you know, it's, a, it, it's it royal. <laughs> well, there's, uh, you can get... Um, let's see. I don't know. I guess most coffee comes in plastic bags. I have like a Hill, I think it's like Hill Brothers coffee can, like a tin, like it's old. I don't even know if they're in business anymore. I could go into, I could put (laughs) myself, fit in that part of me. Okay. You could do, I found one for Jack Daniels coffee. That's bad coffee. I didn't like it. I've had that. Oh no. (laughs) I wasn't a fan. Not my taste. Okay. I guess Folgers is pretty... It's 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 run-of-the-mill. It's okay. Run-of-the-mill? Like, <laughs> That's how I would describe okay. myself, too. I'd be like, I'm run-of-the-mill. I'm okay. <laughs> okay. He's okay. Yep. All right. So getting back to embalming. Um, so, so some people claim that uh, about between 10,000 to 40,000 soldiers were embalmed during the Civil War at prices that varied from most commonly ranged at like $25 then or $460 now approximately. For That was for enlisted men and for officers it'd be about $50 or $920 to get them embalmed which is a crazy price hike. Yep. And the families of the officers were more likely to pay for embalming and transport home because most American families didn't have the money to pay for all these costs. Especially for like sometimes they'd have to dig up the body or like go find them um and like embalming plus transportation so for most most commonly at this time soldiers were buried on the fields or eventually were um eventual removal to national and confederate cemeteries that'd be like their final resting place final stop okay so yeah so in fact it was colonel william shy that was dug up 113 years later and still looked like he just died isn't that crazy that's a weird story <laughs> it is <laughs> that's what i think i first saw it on um all that's interesting.com mm. again my favorite mm-hmm. site but yeah or is it tiktok 
don't know. <laughs> One of the two. I get a lot. <laughs> I get a lot from both. So what did they do with his body? Did they just put it back? I didn't really see, but I'm sure they, um, I think they had to get him a new coffin because they cut a hole in the oh. top of it. So they, I think they must have got him a new coffin and probably did bury him back in the same, in the same place, place, which I hope. In the backyard of... <laughs> of the Griffiths mm-hmm. now. Yeah. That's an interesting story. Yeah, it's interesting. It just proves how well embalming practices and cast iron caskets really do work. Mm-hmm. But isn't that a weird thought, though, too? Like, if there's a lot of those, how many, like, Civil War officials could still be, like, have their bodies, like, non-decomposed? Probably a lot, but we just don't know. Probably Because the information yeah. has been lost over time. Mm-hmm. Creepy thoughts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do we want to do a fun fact? Mm, I'll do a fun fact. Oh, I did find this, like, interesting... If you kind of get bored and you need something to do, like something new, it's called the <laughs> Doll E Mini. So spelled D capital D A L L dot E, and it's an AI model that generates images from any prompt you give. Ooh, I need to do this it's right now. It's really weird. So you just type in like anything, and it'll compile like a bunch of random images. Too much traffic. Well, dang it. <laughs> it's really popular. It sounds like it. Yeah. I, s- I keep seeing it all over the place. I finally figured out what website it was. Oh dang! I wanted to to work. I'll have to run it later at night mm-hmm. or something. Yeah, it's giving me the same thing. But yeah, if any listeners want something weird to do, doll e mini. Oh here, since we're talking about dead people or a dead man, <laughs> I got something. So okay, 2,000 okay. years ago, royalty from the Han Dynasty were laid to rest entirely in sheath in jade suits comprised of thousands of pieces of cut and polished jade sewn together with gold thread. Mined as early as 6,000 BC, the Chinese thought jade would preserve the body and aid in immortality. Which... Did it work? I mean, no, because they're like, dead, Katrina. Okay. <laughs> well, no, I mean, like, did they, did they like, decompose faster or? I don't know. I mean, they don't. I only have that little fact, like little blip it, and then there's just like pictures of these bodies that look like those crash test dummies, but they're like covered in jade. (laughs) But I just thought it was funny, like immortality. I'm like, they're isn't that kind of late to the party because they're dead? (laughs) Yeah, it kind of defeated the purpose, but yeah, exactly, it defeated the purpose. Oh, you type in jade immortality suits? That's like something from Marvel. It looks Guys, like something from Marvel. Sick. Yeah, it's just like... Doesn't that look weird? It looks like a crash test dummy. It does. <laughs> Ew, they have like a little... <laughs> Katrina. I clicked on so a So there's like a like little... Um, how do I even describe this in like a PG way? So there's like this... It's not cute. I was going to say cute to describe it. So I was like, cute, PG, yeah. So there's no. like this... To cover the genitals, they make, like, this little external-looking alcove over the <laughs> over the body. It looks like a bucket. It looks like yeah, a bucket. it looks like a bucket over, like, the junk. That's great. <laughs> oh, you're like, cute. Well, I was cute like, how do I make this PG? I know. Cute. I know. 
<laughs> not a good association. Nope, not a good association. Oh, goodness. Oh, man. That's great. All right, should we end on a fun fact? Yes, make it fun. Pick a f- oh, okay. No pressure. <laughs> no pressure. Okay, do you want number 33 or 30? Ooh, let's do 33. Oh, awesome. Okay, so the green code in the Matrix movies yes. was, was actually created from symbols in the code designer's wife, her sushi cookbook. It's sushi? It's a sushi cookbook. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Isn't that great? So there's just, just like, like turned it into code. So th- <laughs> That's really weird. I don't I don't I know how to it. process it. <laughs> I think that's fantastic. <laughs> All right, Wanderers, thank you so much for listening to another Foolish Wanderers podcast. Uh, if you'd like to send us any emails or any suggestions for future episodes, please send us an email at fwplisteners at gmail.com. And make sure you like and subscribe and hit the notifications button to alert you when our new episodes will drop, mm-hmm. which are usually Thursdays. Yeah, they're kind of like Thursdays, Like, I've been though. lying and saying Wednesdays <laughs> for how many episodes, but it, in, all, in all honesty, it is Thursday. Yeah, it's either Wednesday or Thursday. I kind of realized that too and I'm like, it's like Jenna Marbles. Mm-hmm. You're like, what's Sarah Thursday? Her episodes would always drop on like Wednesday at like 11.59. Yup. It's yep. Thursday. That's yep. me. <laughs> it's really Thursdays. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, Wanderers. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you guys next time.